This is Random Randy Savage from Code 45 Podcast, and you're listening to the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. What's going on, everybody? It is time for episode number 280 of the So Wizard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts are the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Marcellus Reagans. Well, hello there. <laughs> you are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly on the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. This week, the Star Wars Episode Nine hype train pulls into the station, and we are going to rank all ten movies in the Star Wars saga from ten to one. And we're going to see if everyone agrees on the placement on the list. But before we get into that, how is everyone doing? Mark Ellis, what's going on? Oh, nothing much, man. I'm getting ready for Star Wars. Uh, I am very, very excited about what's going to happen this upcoming week. I think this movie is going to be amazing. And I think uh, I think it's going to go out on a, on a high note. I've been kind of rewatching the other ones here and there. And uh, I think I'm ready for JJ to just... Just land this plane nice and smooth with no internet backlash at all. Of course, that's not going to happen, but, you know, I can hope. I was going to say, we'll see about that. Uh, how about you, Aubrey? What's going on? I finished finals, um, so maybe I'll be a little bit more of a human lately. How do you think you did on your finals? Um, I got a 92 on one and 80 on the other, and I'm waiting on the last one. Way to go. Thanks. You did it. You passed. Now you're done with school, right? You don't have to do any more school ever again? No, I still have one more semester. What? That is some bullshit. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, as for me, I am, uh, you know, just trying to make it through this, this holiday season. Uh, working, 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 and working some more. And trying to get my Christmas shopping in. Yeah, Josh sent me like a a lump sum and labeled it on PayPal. Christmas presents, please, K-Thanks. <laughs> so I did all of his shopping. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't know you were Santa too. Man, I could have gave you my list. Yeah, and I'm also wrapping everybody's presents this week. I'm going over my brother's and then I'm wrapping his presents for everybody and then doing... Um, Josh's mom's too. I'm hellishly bad at rapping, so uh, my gifts always look like uh, a, a wild animal had gotten into the house and <laughs> like attacked only like five or six of the presents under the tree. <laughs> really mm. bad. The invention of holiday gift bags is like the best idea in the world. Just throw your present in there, throw some tissue paper, put a, put a little card on it, you're done. Well, all I'm of the AC done. Moors are closing too, and they have a whole bunch of Christmas stuff on sale. So, like, they have Christmas gift bags and boxes and stuff that look pretty nice. Nice. I didn't know that. I might have to stop off there and get some. Yeah, I'm almost done with my shopping. I did. I ordered Jen some stuff, and one of the th- I wasn't paying attention when I ordered one of them, and it. I, I ordered everything, and then the email came from Amazon, like, your order is ordered, blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at it, and one of them's like, estimated arrival time, December 28th to January 14th. <laughs> like, oh, fuck. <laughs> so I had to go buy her something else so I don't look like a schlub that didn't buy their wife anything for Christmas. But that's it. That's the excitement of my life, working, sleeping, and screwing up Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas hasn't happened yet, so you still got time to pull it out. I got time. There's the the the, look, the, look, the packy doesn't close that early on Christmas <laughs> Eve. <so. laughs> All right, Mark Ellis, why don't you tell the listeners where they can find more So Wizard Podcast, and then we'll jump into this list. 
All right, so everybody can go to soulwizardpodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, you'll also find movie reviews from yours truly, Netflix and Amazon and Hulu streaming picks from our buddy the awesome Adam Wallyhawk. Uh, you'll also find our merchandise there. You can purchase some of our Soul Wizard t-shirts and sweatshirts and look good while you're representing the show. Uh, another great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link that we keep right on the website. Uh, click on the big Am- the, click on a big A, the Amazon um, logo. Do your shopping, and that way you will receive your products uh, hopefully before Christmas, and uh, you'll be helping out our show too. Um, I did it, and I, I think it works great. So I'm definitely getting all my presents before Christmas. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review while you're there. Uh, you can also find us on a Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone. We're on Podbean. We're on Google Play Music. We're on iHeartRadio. And you can stream us through Spotify. Uh, we also have a Patreon page that you can support you can donate and support us monetarily uh we have the tiers are very reasonable so just a small donation and you'll receive bonus content from the crew here at so wizard uh you can also find a youtube page that has lots of great videos uploading on there every probably like, uh, at least once a week sometimes a couple of times a week from our buddy the awesome adam wallyock uh, shout out to all of our podcasts in the geek world all-stars podcast and network back to you joey Hello, ladies. How'd you like to spend a little quality time with this sexy bard, huh? That was Santa talking. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think I hear some music coming up, and it sounds like Star Wars Hype Train is pulling into the station, Mark Ellis. So we're all super excited about Episode Nine, Rise of Skywalker, coming out this week as we record this. Um, so what we're going to do is one of our classic Hype Train episodes. Now, we're going to do this a little similar to how we did the Hype Train for, was it for Infinity War that we did it? Yeah, I think I it was for, for Infinity War or Endgame. No, it was Infinity War. That was how long? That was a long time ago. Um, we ranked all the Marvel movies at that time, and what we did, and what we did for this is each one of us made our own list, and then I took those lists and combined them into one master list. And I did that by taking each movie and giving it a numerical value, adding that number together based on each list, and then ranking them based on their numerical value. Uh, just picture like guys in suits with a briefcase coming out on stage to wave for five seconds and then walking away. That's uh, kind of how this list was made. <laughs> so we're going to so, jump in. So does that mean that the number one movie is going to be Moonlight or La La Land? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what they announce at the end. <laughs> so we'll jump right in and we're going to start with number 10. So this was the 10th movie in the list. Uh, two of us had it as the number 10 movie and one of us did not episode two attack of the clones this is my least favorite star wars movie i actually think it's a really bad movie i legitimately do not like this movie so uh, i had to put it at 10 uh mark ellis you also had it at 10 you don't like it or is it just the worst star wars movie you don't know i there's a lot of it that i actually really do like um unfortunately the other nine movies were just better, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's only it's only there because there's nine better movies. But I oh, still like it. Okay. What do you like about it? Uh believe it or not, I actually do like uh Hayden Christensen um as Anakin. I know he gets a lot of shit for his his wooden acting and and all of that, but he had a he had a lot of stuff to do, and I think he laid the groundwork so that it would be improved for the next episode. Um I did like Django Fett. I love the, the whole the whole sequence in on Camino. Uh, I love the explanation of the clones. I loved him striking down all the Tusken Raiders. I loved him explaining how large is his uncle. I liked how all of it. Large is his uncle? Did you just say? Excuse me, <laughs> Uncle Lars. Oh, oh Uncle okay. Owen. <laughs> you said how large is his uncle? I'm like, did did I down? Did you download the wrong movie? <laughs> I'm sorry. How how Lars Owen is his uncle? Okay. So was that on Peru's monologue? I'm just really curious. Amber likes uh, him big. Right. She likes him thick. T-H-I-C-C. T-H-I-C-C 3PO. That's right. <laughs> All right. 
<laughs> oh my god all right so um yeah i i do like aspects of episode two i know it's not a great movie and i know it gets a lot of shit but there are definitely some aspects i do like and the deleted scenes that shows padme on her planet with her family i think really does enhance that story it really does give them more of a uh, you can see more of the chemistry between her and anakin and i wish they had left that in the movie Oh, well, I only really like the uh, fight between Obi-Wan and Boba Fett, excuse me, and Jango Fett in the rain. And I do love when uh, it's is it Slave 1 or is it Slave 2? I don't know. Ah, <laughs> uh, Slave 1, I guess. Oh, God, my Star Wars nerd knowledge has just <laughs> gone downhill in the last 20 years. Um, when they're f- chasing Obi-Wan's ship and he uses those sonic uh, mines. Yeah. That is just a phenomenal uh sound editing so that's great but aubrey you're the only one of the three of us that didn't have this last what what is going on here you like this movie to be fair Uh oh (laughs) (laughs) i hate episode three more um so this one was close to the bottom wow Um, episode three and it leaves such a bitter taste in my mouth because of the horribly cheesy acting between Natalie Portman and Hayden Christensen. And, and that whole birth scene is disgusting and <laughs> stupid. And I hate it. She just dies for no reason. Like she doesn't even look like she should be dying. And the way that she portrays childbirth is really ridiculous. And that acting is what made number three the bottom for me. All right. I disagree with a lot of that, but that's that's fine. <laughs> totally fine. <laughs> well, all right, then. I guess that'll take us into number nine and eight, which was a tie. We hit our first tie of the list. And that was episode one, Phantom Menace, and episode three, <laughs> three Finch of the Sith tied at eight and nine. So, uh, yeah, Aubrey, you clearly don't like Revenge of the Sith at all. I don't. I don't like, um, I don't like two and three. I think that they're horrible. And the only reason why I like number one is because when I saw it, I was really little. So for me, number one is like everybody else's four five and six. That's sad. Yeah, yeah, I so, feel bad for you now. I just want to give you a <laughs> hug. <laughs> so, like episode one, it it wasn't near the top of my list. Don't get me wrong, but it is higher than the other two for that reason. Um, Mark Ellis, <laughs> you have it uh, almost in the same order. Oh no, you don't. No. You don't have Revenge of the Sith at eight yet. So uh, what's going on here? You like Revenge of the Sith? I love Revenge of the Sith. I God, love, love it. everything. Yeah, yeah that's, that's true. Boo that's true. this man. <laughs> Boo this man. <laughs> I definitely wanted to see how they were going to tie everything together. And yes, there is some huge holes in the story, but I like the, I like the beginning of it. I like the whole opening shot. I like the banter between Obi-Wan and Anakin. Uh, I liked uh, Anakin's turn to the dark side. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the fact that he was the he was the first one to be like, yo, Palpatine is, he might be the Sith Lord. And then realizing that he was powerless against Padme, who was going to, she was going to die. And he knew that. And he did whatever he could to, to try and stop it. Unfortunately, that was a bad mistake. And we all know how that turned out. But I, I love episode three. I think it, it finally, more so than one and two, it finally got the adventure part right with the balance of, of the drama. I think it's a, you know, it's not as good as the other ones, but it's a really good attempt of uh, four and five and six, actually, because it does kind of end the, end the trilogy. So yeah, I like episode three a lot. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't like any of the prequels really. So I uh, just ranking them for me in order of crappiness is obviously attack. Of the clones is the worst. I put Phantom Menace at two, even though if I sit down right now and just think about it, like I, I made the list without thinking, so I didn't sit down and like really um, like him and haw over it. I just did it stream of consciousness. Like, what did I feel as I was writing it? So I didn't put a lot of effort into that because I wanted it to be pure <laughs> and just like my first reaction. Um, so I put Phantom Menace at nine, but it does have probably one of the, if not the best lightsaber duel in the entire saga. 
Um, and I do like the pod racing. It does go on a little long, but I, I, it's enjoyable. But yeah, it's not very good. Uh, Revenge of the Sith, not my favorite either. Uh, just like Aubrey said, there's some really weird choices in the movie. Uh, I don't really understand exactly how <laughs> Padme died. Um, if she was going to die because of injuries that Anakin caused, then show that. If she was just going to die because she died, like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But that's totally yeah, like how babies are made, right? Like, it doesn't look like a severe enough childbirth for her to die. And, and not to mention, like, this is so far in the future. We already do a pretty good job at saving people from dying during childbirth. We already do a really good job of that. But they didn't even show, like, what part is the reason why she dies. She died of and, a broken heart, right? It wasn't that the line? Yeah, oh, good <laughs> lord. She just died in childbirth. There's, I'm, I've watched other shows where, like you, there's like a pregnancy throughout the show, like uh, Downton Abbey, for instance. One of my favorite characters on there, who I love, uh, she gave birth, and then she, yeah, her character died like right after that. <laughs> but they probably explained why. No, she was downtown. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Abby was downtown, and that was it. That's all they needed. <laughs> But I'm just saying, it's just like she was alive to name the babies, and then she just dies for no reason. There's no alarms going off that says like her heart is failing or anything. There's no context at all. She just dies. It's stupid. (laughs) Well, I will say though, in defense of the prequels, uh, some of John Williams' best music in the whole saga. Mm -hmm. Amen. Uh, Battle of Heroes from Episode Three. Obviously, Duel of the Fates. And my favorite, and one of my favorite pieces of Star Wars music at all, and it's from the movie I hate the most, <laughs> it's acro- <laughs> Across the Stars. The love theme from Attack of the Clones is phenomenal. Yep. Someday I want to make a video about me and my wife and use that as the, as the uh, soundtrack. I might do that next year. And she'll hate me for it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song so much. <laughs> but that uh, that's uh, 8 and 9. Phantom Menace and uh, Return of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, excuse me. Which brings us to number 7. Which is going to be the most controversial movie on the list. Episode 8, The Last Jedi. Wow. So, let's see here. You had that at 7. So I had it at seven, so I had it right on the dot. Uh, Aubrey, you had it at eighth. I'm the one that brought it down. Mm-hmm. And I have it way higher than that. <laughs> yeah, Mark, you've got it way up there at five. Yeah. So, um, Mark, I mean, what is going on here that you have this movie so high, especially for something so controversial? I don't give a shit about the controversy. That movie I works. <laughs> <laughs> that movie works. It worked when I was in the theater. The first night I saw it, but then, you know, it could be like all Star Wars, like glory, you know, just like uh, my my brain could have just not been paying that much attention. Heard all of the backlash, went back and watched it again, and it still fucking works. I can definitely, un- I and I've said this before, I can understand why people don't like it, but it still works for me as a Star Wars movie. Considering where J.J. left off everything in episode seven, Ryan had to pick up the pieces from for episode eight. And he made the best movie he could with what he had to work with. And I think it really works. When you get to the end of the movie and the universe is rallied behind Luke Skywalker, they believe in the myth of Skywalker and the next generation of kids are ready to take on the bad guys. It works. It totally works. Everything about that movie works. I love it. All right, Aubrey, you had it the lowest. So uh, what are you thinking here? Okay. Uh So I have some technical issues with this movie i don't like the scene where leia is somehow supermaning (laughs) (laughs) that scene right there brings it down for me she's just a big soldier boy fan so stupid (laughs) that scene needed to be cut whoever the editor of this movie was should be fired Because that scene was horrible. It made everything, it just, it looked bad. It it, it was cheesy. 
It looked horrible. It didn't make sense that somehow now she just has the power to force herself to the freaking ship and somehow she's alive. That's stupid. So stupid. The whole thing looks stupid. Um, So that brings it severely down for me. And I didn't like the forced love scene or love dynamic between Finn and Rose. They could have led up to that a little bit better. And instead, like Rose just meets him and somehow she loves him. And there's that. I think that that didn't work. It felt like they were trying too hard. I know I said this when we reviewed The Last Jedi. It felt like they wanted a romance story. So they placed it in there because now Han is dead and the whole Leia and Han great romance dynamic is gone. So they needed something to fill that void. So here they insert and force one between Finn and Rose and it didn't work. There was nothing leading up to it. It was disjointed. I didn't like it. And so those two reasons are the reason why I brought it down as much as I did. All right. All right. Now, not to not to completely disagree with you, because what you're saying is valid. But I will say Rose's infatuation with Finn was pretty much set up right at the beginning. Like the moment that she met him, she was just like, oh, you're Finn. So she already had like the rose colored glasses on, pun intended. Um, I don't know. It just it. So they set it up where it seems like Finn is interested in Ray. Yeah. In The Force Awakens. And you get that feeling. And then all of the sudden, him and Rose have this thing going on. I didn't, it just, it didn't feel right. Well, sometimes you got to settle, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the other thing is they really wanted to make a point of saying, you know, we win this battle by saving what we love, not fighting what we hate. Leading with love is a theme that I, that I think they really wanted to make sure was front and center of this war and uh it fell to rose's character to say that not leia not poe not bb8 but rose and i think it worked that point wanted that point needed to be made and she was the right character to do it and by you by her saving finn's life that just it sealed the deal i don't know (laughs) (laughs) well i had this movie at seven um i don't hate it as much as people do other people do. I don't even hate it as much as Aubrey does. <laughs> she only <laughs> had it one uh, rank lower than me. But there's definitely some things I either would have done differently or filmed differently. I don't have a problem with Leia pulling herself out of space with the Force. I just think the way it was shot looked really dumb. It just looked like she was flying. Like it. I don't know. It, not to, let's not reopen that wound again. <laughs> like it. It just. It just. The the concept is fine. The the execution just looks really dumb. So it just looks stupid. And uh, I really wish that someone other than um, Holdo had been the one to do the light speed maneuver. Yeah. Um, I just it has no weight to it to, for me because it's a new character we really don't care about. Like if you're going to kill Admiral Akbar in the movie, why not have him be the one that does that? Because you would care. <laughs> That would be so awesome, but I think they wanted to. I think he really wanted to have Laura Dern's character contribute something, you know, give a reason for her being there, taking Leah's place. If she's going to be the person behind Leah, then she has to have something, and just having purple hair just isn't enough. Yeah, I mean, Admiral Social Justice, like lecturing everybody for the whole movie, was was wasn't enough for. Her. <laughs> but. uh it does have a really awesome lightsaber battle in it, so that's good. Um, but to me, the biggest, biggest sin of this movie is it doesn't set up any huge cliffhanger for episode nine. Yeah, but episode seven was the cliffhanger. You can't do cliffhanger after cliffhanger. This one was this one wasn't one. that much of a cliffhanger. Like it needed. Something to, to to like pull you in for the next episode. This felt like the last episode. Like the end is like okay, and then there's hope for the galaxy. The end. Like it needed, especially coming into in the MCU when you watch Infinity War, and then the entire world is on edge trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. Like they couldn't pull that off for Star Wars, and it, it's part of the reason why Empire is so awesome. Luke gets his hand cut off, and Darth Vader's his father, Han Solo's frozen in carbonite. What the hell is going to happen next? You want to find out. 
this one, okay, there's a kid with a broom. Cool. <laughs> and everything is right back where, well, well the, the resistance is now 30 people crammed into the Millennium Falcon. But uh, <laughs> Right, they're at their lowest point. It just it, it at doesn't the... feel like that big, like, oh my God, what is going to happen next uh, type thing that the second episode of a three-part movie series should have and to me that's the biggest sin and that's why i drop it so low on my list and that's very true but by episode seven leaving off with a cliffhanger with luke literally standing on a cliff they broke the rules for our trilogies so you might not think it it fits but neither did jj so don't blame don't blame ryan johnson blame whoever did episode seven (laughs) whatever I also am not not a big fan of the fact that they took uh, Rose and stuck her in a potato sack for the whole movie. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, go look on Twitter and stuff. Like when she's she's not bad looking chick, and uh, I don't know why they went through a lot of effort to make her look dumpy as fuck. <laughs> it makes uh, Fen falling in love with her even more unbelievable. Oh my god! Come on, dude. <laughs> Maybe he knew what was going on under that potato sack. <laughs> That's what it was. You used the force. That's not how the force works. <laughs> hey, he probably likes potatoes. You know what I'm saying? That's right. <laughs> A lot of starch. All right. So that moves us up to number six on the list. Uh, this one might be a little controversial in our personal list. It's all over the place. This is Solo, colon, A Star Wars Story. Uh, Mark, you had this the lowest out of the three of us. You had it at number eight. What is going on here with Solo and you? Uh, nothing. Solo is a completely fine movie. I love all of the pieces of it. I, I like the Kessel Run. I like the way it sets up that uh, that uh, whatever that blue fuel thing that everyone is after in a galaxy. I just think that all the other movies are better than it. That's all. That's all. <laughs> I, I I really enjoy Solo. Solo is like a fun movie, but it, but because it's not part of the Skywalker saga. It doesn't feel as urgent to me. It feels like something I could just watch whenever I, you know, it doesn't feel like it's really connected to, to everything else. So, I don't know. It just kind of, it kind of sits on the outs, outs of all the other movies. Aubrey, you had it at number five. That's mm-hmm. pretty high. A lot higher than Mark. Jesus. What's going on? I, so, I liked Solo. I liked the Capsule Run because we finally got to see that. I liked who played Han Solo. I thought he did a really good job. Mm -hmm. I liked seeing how he met Chewbacca. I liked seeing how he knew how to speak Wookiee. And I just liked it a lot more than the other movies that I had below it. I could watch it again. (laughs) Um, I have watched it actually quite a bit in the last, uh, I don't know how long has it been on Netflix now? Year? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, I just find myself throwing it on as background noise when I'm doing stuff in the mornings and I've probably watched it about five or six times that way over the course of like weeks. Um, and it's just enjoyable. It's not like Mark said, it's not consequential. Um, it's a prequel. So obviously, you know, Han Solo and Chewbacca are going to make it. So that kind of takes away a little bit of the, mm for the story for me, but uh, it's just fun. I, I, I really like it. I love, uh, Donald Glover as Lando oh. in it. He's he's awesome in it. I meant I meant to mention that before. He's fantastic as Lando. Yeah, and it's it's a fun watch. I mean, there are a couple of things I don't like the robot that he hangs out with, and I don't like it becoming the Millennium Falcon at some point. What? Like it's kind of, that's kind of that's very um, old school EU where like every little thing has to be explained, like down to like the most minute sentence from one of the first three movies. <laughs> like. Grand Moff Tarkin said this at one point in Star Wars. Okay, let's write a whole book about it. You know, like <laughs> it's very old school EU, so that that's why I don't like that. Is because like Jesus Christ, can just some things not have to be like fully explained? <laughs> but, I I, uh, I really like that because I love the fact that when R two is fighting with the computer, you know, years down the road, we have a sense of who she is instead of just being the Falcon. I guess. <laughs> And Amelia Clark is loin achingly hot in the movie. So, of course, that that helps the score as well. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, like, die on the hill of Solo, a Star Wars movie, but I certainly didn't dislike it. And it was fun to watch. So that's why it's just smack dab in the middle for me. 
but now it's time to move into the top half of the list, and <laughs> we've got a movie here at number five, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Force Awakens, the return of Star Wars to the movie theaters after oh, 10 years. Now, <laughs> Aubrey and Mark both had this at number six. Mm-hmm. Somebody else had it very much higher than that. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> I have it at number three. Jesus. What? <laughs> you know there's other Star Wars movies, right? Yeah, I know. I got to tell I love this movie. <laughs> I just rewatched it this week and I still love this movie. I think it looks great. Mm-hmm. I think it's fun to watch. I think all the characters are awesome. Um, and I'm going to give it extra points because it was the first Star Wars movie I saw in the theater with my kids. So. Oh, okay. Plus, I and I shouldn't include this in the scoring because it's just the movies. But, man, that was a fun time. All that hype and uh, <laughs> all the trailers and everything going wild for months over this movie. It's just I have a lot of very positive feelings towards this movie. So I, I really enjoyed it. And it's got one of my favorite moments in the whole saga when uh, – Kylo Ren reaches out to pull that lightsaber to himself and it flies right past him and goes to Ray. And then the music swells like Niagara Falls, Frankie Angel. (laughs) But you guys didn't think the same way. So uh, fire away (laughs) at what you thought was going on with The Force Awakens. It only has you both having it at six. Mm -hmm. Go ahead, Aubrey. So it's not that I don't like this movie because I do. And the more I watch it, the more I like it. When I first saw it, I was kind of on the fence about it. I did like it, but I didn't hate it. And, you know, I was I was kind of conflicted because I didn't I didn't get what I felt I needed from it as far as why Ray has forced like her backstory at all. And we still don't know who her parents are and why she's a Jedi. Besides, she just is. And she just can use the force. And that's all that was explained in The Last Jedi, which is, again, why that movie is so low on my list. Because it just, some things are just shit in that movie. Um, I like the three new characters. I like how they created, like, a, a new dynamic to the story. Okay, But, I don't know, it just, it it's not as great as the original three. Mm-hmm. And... I've made it very clear Rogue One is my favorite Star Wars movie. I've said that consistently. And it just, so it it just is below them. It doesn't strike me as something that is like, oh my God, this is so fantastic. I love this movie. It just is like, it doesn't spark hope for me in a way like the other ones do. It kind of is more on the dramatic side of it. With Kylo Ren killing Han. And it just feels kind of hopeless. The movie has this overall hopelessness feeling to it. And I don't really like that. That's why it's so low. All right. Um, I I liked it the first time I saw it when it was called The New Hope. Oh, that's, that's, oh, boy. <laughs> as a, as a, I watched it again recently, too. And I'm like, all right, so they get... A secret plan. They put it in a droid. The droid goes goes across the desert. I'm like, fuck. Where have I seen this before? And and at the end, they blow up a big uh, sphere that blows up other planets. I'm like, come on, come on. But yes, I understand why that choice was made. And giving the the reason why they had to kind of reintroduce everyone to the themes of Star Wars, um, and have it done through another person's eyes. It's fine. It's great. Um, but there, it does have a lot of unanswered questions for me like i swear to god if i don't find out who max max von Sydow's character is by the end of the new movie i'm gonna lose my mind i need to know who that character was um, and why he had luke skywalker's location and exactly why did finn want to leave the first order i mean he's been they raised him since birth he's been groomed to be a soldier he goes out on the field and just decides he's gonna quit just like that what about the other thousands and thousands of stormtroopers? None of them ever thought they were going to quit. I don't know. It, it it seemed to put the pieces there so that we can sell toys and get people familiar with the hero's journey, blowing up the Death Star, quote unquote, Star Wars movie. But again, it seemed a lot better when it was done back in 1977. Whatever. 
<laughs> I will say, I will say one more thing. Um, Harrison Ford as Han Solo is absolutely perfect. Like I completely took for granted how much I loved him as that character. And so I saw it recently. Uh, he is amazing in it. He has all of the best lines, the best delivery and the deleted scenes of him is well worth checking out. Um, he's so good. I love it. Uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess that'll bring us to our next tie on the list. Four and three are both tied. We have Rogue One, a Star Wars story, and Return of the Jedi tied at the 4-3 position. Let's see here. Uh, Aubrey, you have Rogue One at number one. I do. So please, (laughs) the floor is yours. (laughs) I love Rogue One absolutely love Rogue One. And I think I love it so much because everybody dies in the end. (laughs) (laughs) Morbid. I know it. I know it sounds morbid. But every story you ever get in movies is like this happy, go lucky, feel good story. And that's not how real life is. And these people gave their lives to ensure that Leia got the blueprints for the Death Star so she could blow it up. And they didn't get a happy ending, per se, but they sacrificed themselves for the greater cause. And the overall message of Rogue One was far greater than any other message in any movie I've ever gotten before. It was so well done. So amazing, so well put together, and I I love that movie. It's going to stay number one for a very long time. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like someone who has who did not grow up with the original trilogy. Yes, <laughs> Marcellus, you have it at number four. Yep, I have it at number five. Mm-hmm. So you know, I will have to agree with Aubrey because uh, look at it this way: there's. Star Wars Empire and Jedi, four, five, six. And in any story that comes before that is technically a prequel, including Solo. So if you line up all of the prequels, episodes one, two, three, Solo and Rogue One, Rogue One is clearly the better prequel. So in that aspect, since Aubrey grew up with the prequels and she puts Rogue One as number one, I will accept that. That makes total sense to me. Rogue One is one of the only Star Wars movies that I can watch that will make me tear up every single time I watch it. The scene between Jen Erso and her da- hologram that her dad leaves for her, so good. It gets me right in the feels. The design of that movie is cool. What they had to accomplish to show that uh, these plans were that important that they had to get them to Alderaan. I mean, on paper, it sounds good, but the execution of that story is like chef's kiss. Wow, it's so good. So yeah, I love Rogue One. I think it's it's a... Uh, Despite the troubles that they had behind the scenes, I think the movie came out excellent. I love it. Well, Aubrey, you'll be glad to know that at one point in the movie, I think before they recut everything and rejigged the whole movie, mm-hmm. uh, they all survived at the end. <laughs> I am very glad that they did it the way that they did. I think it works and it just it it ties together a lot that you don't get in some of the other movies. Like The Force Awakens, it doesn't really tie as much together as I hope that it does. Uh, But this does. This ties together how they got the plans and all of that. And I'm glad that the characters are dead because (laughs) (laughs) then we don't have to wonder what happened to them and why they're not part of the Resistance in the other movies as well. Well, I really do like this movie quite a bit, even though it's only down at five on my list. I think the space battle at the end is phenomenal. Um, I think pretty much almost everything once they get to Scarif is awesome. It's a little rough in the early going of the movie. I think Uh, some of the seams show a little bit. So that's why it's only down at five for me. But yeah, that lasts probably 45 minutes, half an hour, plus the Darth Vader scene at the end. Definitely uh, elevate it quite high. Mm -hmm. So that's why I had it at five. Uh, Return of the Jedi coming in at three, uh, tied three, four on our list. Um, I had it at four, Mark at three, and Aubrey at three. So, uh, I don't mean, what what else really needs to be said about this movie? Uh, it, in my opinion, has the best space battle in the entire saga. 
Mark Ellis, any, uh, would you like to gush about Return of the Jedi at all? I just want to say that the themes, yes, I would like to gush. The, the themes that were introduced in episode four and that were really spread out in episode five, I think they really come together in Return of the Jedi. That's why it's so high on my list. The fact that there's different stories going on, the uh, the battle in Endor, the battle in space, and the Luke Vader battle all happening simultaneously, I think is an achievement in filmmaking. And the uh, and you know, seeing it as a kid, it really hit home those themes of Luke going to become his father when he chopped off Vader's hand and he looks down at his hand and he realizes that you know his path is almost the same as as his father's. To a little kid, when I saw that, I'm like, I get that. So those themes really resonated. I think Jedi has like one of the best endings out of all of the Star Wars movies. One of the best third acts out of all of the Star Wars movies, period. Aubrey, would you like to gush about Return of the Jedi? Um, nothing that hasn't been said before. <laughs> you know, I just, I think it's fantastic. It's number three just because I, I enjoy Rogue One probably too much. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> Empire Strikes Back is just, it's beautiful. Um, so it's number three for it. I put it higher than a new hope, mostly because I do like, (laughs) (laughs) I like the action in this one a little bit more. Um, I find that a new hope doesn't have as much, as much action in the movie as, as this one does. So I do, I enjoy that aspect of it. I enjoy how there's kind of a, I want to say a resolution, but, you know, it it shows a different side to Darth Vader that you were hoping was still there. It shows he's still at least somewhat human and, and he does help Luke, which I think kind of humanizes him more. I, I just I like it. I <laughs> Awesome. 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 All right. Well, that was our last tie in the list. So we're down to the last two movies. Number two, Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope. I had it at two. Mark had it at one. And Aubrey had it at four. Because <laughs> it's episode four, right? Isn't that where it goes? <laughs> right, right. All right, Mark, you have it at number one. Go ahead. Tell us why you love this movie. Uh, I love this movie because it lays the foundation for everything that comes after it. I know a lot of people believe that Empire is a better movie, and technically it is, technically, but you need a new hope in order for Empire to work. It doesn't work without it. All of the themes that George Lucas wanted to convey about a hero's journey, um, even though it's been it's been done, you know, tons of times before, The Hobbit or King Arthur, um, all of those themes really resonated with me as a kid because that was my first experience with it, and I think a new hope just does everything that it sets out to do and 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 then some. Uh, and one of my favorite things, and I, I've said this before, one of my favorite things about that movie is that it pioneered a whole new realm of special effects. Uh, it brought technology up to a whole nother level. And when you get to the third act of the movie, Luke's, his mission to blow up the Death Star, they have to take all of the technology away. So even though he used... Cutting edge technology to tell a story to say that what you really need is what's inside, not cutting edge technology. Um, and that theme itself, I think, is one of the most beautiful aspects of Star Wars, of the first Star Wars. And like I said, it introduced everything. So without that, we have nothing. All right, Aubrey, you had it down at number four. Is there a particular reason or did you just like the other three movies more? I liked the other three <clears throat> movies more. This one didn't have as much... Um, action as the other ones do so it doesn't and it sets you up but when you're somebody that doesn't really like grow up when i wasn't born when this came out um and i didn't see it in the theaters so for me it wasn't it was something i watched when i was really little when Mm -hmm. i was like three and four this is kind of just more like a story and that wasn't as exciting for a three four year old as Return of the Jedi and Empire. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, I I mean, what else can really be said about this movie that hasn't been said at this point? It's it's phenomenal. It's I can't imagine what my life would be like if I didn't see this movie when I was like three and a half, four years old. So I, I don't even know what to say. It's, it's just the best, one of the best movies of all time. It's fantastic. Uh, 
God, I love that uh, assault on the Death Star at the end. That's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And I can like recite in that. I can't do the special editions, but I used to. It's been a long time. I used to be able to sit down. And I could do the whole movie from start to finish, including music in between people talking and sound effects. Wow. Um, off the top of my head. <laughs> The whole original trilogy I could do that for before they'd make change stuff for the special editions. My mom wouldn't watch them with me anymore because she said it was annoying. <laughs> wow. There, there we go. We can have uh, Joey one man, one man play Star Wars Episode 4 New Hope. There you go. But that takes us to number one. And was there ever any doubt The Empire Strikes Back is number one? I had it at number one. Mark had it at number two. And Aubrey had it at number two. So... For me, it was the first movie I ever saw in a movie theater. Uh, I've been chasing that dragon like Marky Post for the rest of my life. Uh, get that feeling back again. But God, it's such a phenomenal movie. I just, oh God, it's so awesome. Darth Vader, Luke's lightsaber battle is is ah, so good. And it's not technically good. <laughs> like It's not like uh, the Phantom Menace uh, lightsaber fight, but Great. just like uh, emotionally a lot better. Mm-hmm. Uh, Han gets frozen in carbonite. You don't, and at the time, like, see, this is the thing is this is the internet. So nowadays, like, things have been leaking like crazy, like set pictures, blah, 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 blah. Then you, you had no idea. <laughs> you could read Starlog magazine once a month and uh, maybe it have some uh, photos in it or stories, but nothing like, like we have today. So like, you had no idea what was going to happen, if he was going to get out of that or not. Um, Battle of Hoth is amazing, and it also just the the bad the good guys lose a lot in the movie, so it's it's not just a feel good adventure. And and for me as a kid, like I just loved it because it just set up so many possibilities with the complete opposite of the Last Jedi. It set up so many uh, possibilities for where it could go in the future. So when I'm like a four or five year old kid playing with action figures on the floor, uh, there's a world of stories open up to me, not just uh, 20 people crammed in the Millennium Falcon. So <laughs> you can't see me shaking my head now, but I'm totally shaking my head. <laughs> All right, Mark Ellis, you had it at number two. Yeah. Yeah. How, how did it get to be number one? If me and Aubrey both had it at number two, and you, you're uh, the one that had it at number because, one. Because Joey's the one that made the master <laughs> list. No, because it had a score of five, and Aubrey having Rogue One at number one throw, <laughs> threw off uh, it threw off a lot of the scoring, and then me having Force Awakens at three threw off a lot of the scoring too. So, <laughs> all right, I, I I figured something like that had to be had to be afoot. Yeah, I love Empire. Empire was the first movie that made me appreciate cinematography because I you know watched Star Wars like a hundred times, and then when I saw Empire, I'm like, why does this look so much better? Like, why does it visually look so much cleaner? Yeah, everything about that about that movie is magical in the aspect that it is the second act of a three-act play. And, you know, things that I wanted to see, mainly Luke fight Vader because he was our hero from the first movie and Vader was the villain of the first movie. I wanted to see them get together and fight. And Luke getting his hand chopped off traumatized me as a kid and I still, like, get, like, a, you know, a weird feeling in the pit of my stomach whenever I see that scene. But uh, yeah, I, I love Empire. It, it It's an incredible balance of humor. Um, R2 getting, almost getting eaten by a monster in Dagobah cracks me up. Uh, romance between Han and Leia. And the, you know, one of the biggest, you know, surprises in, in movies at the time of the reveal of who Luke's father was. So yeah, Empire is definitely technically a better movie than Star Wars or a better movie than A New Hope. But if I had to choose one, I have to choose a new hope because it's it has a beginning, a middle, and an end, and you don't need anything else. Empire, you need the first one in order to get what's going on, and you definitely want the next one after it's over. All right, Aubrey, you had this at two as well. I did, I did. You know, I I love this movie. I think that it has the most action out of all of the um, the original, and. I love Boba Fett. He's one of my favorite characters, hands down. Um, and so this is the first time where you really get to kind of see the bounty hunters come in. And I think that that's a really interesting, like, that's why I like the Mandalorian because I like, I like that, um, but that race of people, I think it's really interesting that there still is bounty hunters in star Wars, but it, it's the, like, 
you guys said, it's the one that brings the most emotions to the table. You know, you find out who Luke's father is. You see Han get frozen in carbonite. You know, there's all of these different things that pull you in where you're like, oh, my God, I have to see the next movie. And that is what really grabs my attention for this one. Not to mention 3PO getting shot and blown to pieces. Yeah, there's so much in this movie that brings you to to really anticipate the next one. Yeah. And you you can't there's just not enough that I can say about it. it it's <laughs> perfection. I I also love Boba Fett Aubrey. I remember uh getting an argument with Jen about this when we we weren't married yet. I think it was when the special editions had come out and she was like he doesn't do anything. He just stands there. <laughs> I'm like, it's enough. It's enough. All right. That's what makes him awesome. He's mysterious. Um, sadly, baby Boba Fett was not as cool as baby Yoda, though. <laughs> Get him, dad. Get him. <laughs> I love that kid. <laughs> but that's it. That's the list. That is the master list of the uh, Star Wars saga, according to us. So uh, that is... <laughs> What we were going to talk about this week, uh, Aubrey, what's your hype levels for the Rise of Skywalker on a scale of one to five, with five being the highest and uh, zero being the lowest? It's probably about a four because The Last Jedi doesn't really set you up to be excited about anything. So I'm kind of just like, how are they going to end this? Um, what else can they show me that's going to be exciting and I'm going to be super hyped about? You uh, watched all the commercials and stuff. You're not hyped yet. Just this from those. I haven't watched a lot of them because I'm afraid to watch them. Oh, okay. That's fine. All right, cool. Uh, Mark Ellis, how about you on a scale of zero to five? How hyped are you for Rise of Skywalker? Uh, like a uh, hundred and fifteen. <laughs> I am. I'm so ready for this movie. You have no idea. Um, I unfortunately have been watching like all of the commercial spots, TV spots Me and commercials too. and stuff. And I, I know I shouldn't, but I, I want to. I just want like a, you know, just, it's like a little dab of hot sauce before I like bite into the whole wing. You know what I mean? Just like a little dab. It's all I want. And yeah, I'm, I'm so psyched for it. It does. There does seem to be a lot of parallels between this one and episode seven. Like a lot of the stuff that was done in episode seven, like there's this big sweeping shot. When Kylo Ren kidnaps Rey out in the forest of uh, the planet with Maz Kanata and he carries her onto the ship, there's this big sweeping camera shot of Finn running towards the camera and he gets to the camera and he screams out Rey. And then when you watch the trailers for the new one, there's a shot of Finn running across the top of the Death Star in the water, running to the camera and yells out Rey. I'm like, I've seen this before. So it's like poetry, right? <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> It's like poetry. It's supposed to rhyme. So, yeah. So I definitely feel like JJ is definitely going to complete all of the things that he started in Force Awakens. All I really want to know is who the fuck is Max von Sydow? They answer that for me. Never going to find out unless you want to read EU novels. No, 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 no. They better tell me in the movie. They better at least mention him. I don't even give a shit about Ray's parents. Just who the fuck is Max von Sydow's character? That's all I want to know. And why does he have a map to Luke Skywalker? Severely disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Episode nine. So I'm gonna give give my rating right now. Rise of Skywalker. It's a one out of five because I don't know who (laughs) Max von Sydow is. Max von Sydow is out of five. (laughs) Yep. Oh man. Well, I am super hyped. Uh, I unfortunately have read all the spoilers for it, and uh, the spoilers. you, You know what happens? Yeah. Oh, get the fuck out of here! It was not an accident, but. It is what it is. They match up with the trailers. So, all right. So, uh, your hype level now that you actually know what's going to happen in a movie? Uh, five, <laughs> five hundred. <laughs> yes. Even after I know everything, I'm like watching the commercials and I'm like the emperors on there. I'm like, yo, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, kick that guy's ass, Ray, please. <laughs> like, but I'm really excited. Uh, I'm really, really excited to see this. So hopefully uh, it lives up to the hype. But I guess we'll find out next week on the podcast because that's what we're going to do when we review it. That is going to do it for this week. Let's wrap it up with some recommendations for the listeners. Aubrey, what do you got? Everybody should go see Star Wars. Well, everybody's going to go see Star Wars. <laughs> what else should they do? That's it. <laughs> oh, you know what? 
go see the new Jumanji movie. I saw it, and it's so freaking hysterical. I love how they've redone this movie. Nice. It's pretty funny. I was going to kill myself uh, over the weekend to fit in a screening of that with the kids. And then I was like, wait, we don't have to do it for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, kids. (laughs) It was, it was really good. I thought we were doing it for the podcast, but then I realized we weren't and I did it anyway. God, I loved the first one, but the second one is just as good. Nice. Awesome. How about you, Mark Ellis? Uh, yeah, I want to say uh, Runaway Season 3 premiered on Hulu this week, so definitely check that out. That's oh. Elizabeth Hurley looking. She, um, let's see, she hasn't appeared in the first like four episodes, only like quick little quick little uh, cameos. But when she's there, she's wearing a nice low-cut dress and uh, she's working it. It's looking you pretty good. You still got it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just started the season and uh, it's... It's not the best TV show, but it's really good. And they are really enveloping a lot of the themes that were set up in a comic book. So that, I think, is awesome. Um, I'm very I'm very psyched to see how it ends. Uh, and the other thing I want to recommend is one of the bonus features for uh, The Last Jedi. You know, despite what you feel about the movie, I don't know if it's on a DVD, but with my digital copy, it came with a version of the movie that's only the score. It's the entire movie from beginning to end, but no dialogue, no special effects, just a John. Tell me you didn't watch the entire movie without any dialogue. Yeah, I just wanted to listen to the score. <laughs> just listen to the score on Spotify. Or no, something. but I want to listen to the score as it appears in the movie. <laughs> Fucking Mark. <laughs> they, they, if they didn't offer it to me, I wouldn't have watched it. But it was there. Oh God. So yeah. So if you were, and one of the things that I really appreciate rewatching these movies is how much I love John Williams' score. So. There is a version, if you have the DVD or if you have the digital copy, if it has like the bonus features, there is a version of The Last Jedi that has just a John Williams score from beginning to end. Uh, no dialogue, no special effects. Um, and it's beautiful. It's amazing. So that's my other recommendation. Unless you're Joey. <laughs> it just seems weird to watch the entire movie without. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be weird, too. But you know what? Once I started, I'm like, oh, God, this music is so good. And it, well, it, yeah, and you, you really get a sense of how he composes how he's telling a story with the music to match the story you see on the screen. Like you really, it really pinpoints it when you just have the music with the visuals. It's beautiful. Awesome. Well, I will recommend that you go to sowizardpodcast.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Movie reviews, streaming picks, so much more. Sowizardpodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, just about any podcatcher under the sun that you use. We'll be there. Check out our YouTube channel. Go to YouTube. Search So Wizard Podcast. There's weekly, bi-weekly. Uh, seems like we're putting out at least two videos a week at this point. Uh, free exclusive content on the YouTube. Adam just uh, did the first real uh, movie trailer reaction. He reacted to the Wonder Woman trailer, which is pretty interesting. And he's got stuff going up every week. So check that out. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com backslash so is your podcast. Monetarily support the show, get extra episodes that are exclusive to Patreon, including our reviews of Jojo Rabbit, Bohemian Rhapsody, Bumblebee, and other movies we don't review on the regular podcast. And I will uh, recommend a couple things. Uh, Mandalorian is still awesome. Uh, last episode was fucking great. And I'm not going to go into spoilers, but man, they really like to play with your heartstrings with uh, putting Baby Yoda in uh, danger. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> they like to they like to do that. And then uh, I, I can't recommend Watchmen enough. It just finished up the season. It's only eight episodes and it is I haven't watched the last episode yet. So I've, I've seen seven of the eight episodes and it is fucking phenomenal. So uh, hopefully it sticks to landing because uh, so far it's been really good. I have no idea how it plays to people who didn't either read the book or watch the movie first. Cause like I understand everything that's happening. Cause I've read the graphic novel like 50 times and I saw the movie, but like, I could imagine like my mom, for example, God rest her soul, like sitting down and trying to watch this just cause she has HBO and having no fucking clue what's happening. <laughs> so, um, if you know, if you've read the book, maybe you might want to read it again and then jump into the show, but I, I really liked it. So, uh, yeah, check out Watchmen on HBO. And that, my friends, is going to do it for episode 280 in a row of the So Wizard podcast. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts, 
the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. So long, and thanks for all the fish. <laughs> and the expert, Mr. Marquis Marcellus Reagans. May the force be with you, Wakanda forever. We'll see you guys next week when we review Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Good journey.